everybody hello hello welcome to the 25th episode of talking upstream uh we are some nobodies my name is zach and this is dylan and he's on i'll never figure this out uh he's on that side over there uh but together we are some nobodies this is our website up here and dylan yes <laughs> uh what's talking upstream go ahead and give it to him Hello, everybody. Talking upstream is Zach and I uh, effectively discussing story writing, creativity, and showing you what that can look like over the course of 90 minutes. Um, when we have a guest, as we do today, which I'll introduce in just a second, we give them a little bit of a time to talk about creativity and the process of just making stories. And then Zach and I each bring an idea to the table. We choose one of them and use the whiteboard behind Zach to develop it into something that ideally we can sell at some point because we want to make money doing this. And uh, as creatives, it is a long and difficult upward road on that. Uh, I, th I think that's it, Zach. Am I right? No, yeah, you're right on. Spot on. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, it looks a little different here. We are putting together uh, some Nobody Studios. So we are building a brick and mortar. Uh, <laughs> and this is We're going building over. the entire building out. One wall at a time. And I chose uh, the first wall to stand in front of this time. Uh, but number two, and more importantly, I'm not sure if you heard the news, Dylan, but Quibi was bought. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah. So the billion dollar company Quibi was recently bought by Roku for just a couple million dollars. I think it was like $10 million or something what a What a success story that is for yeah. Roku. Yeah. It's like watching uh, Cinderella, but like backwards. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Just fall asleep forever. Yeah, it's like, oh, cool. Now I have the same thing I have. Cool. Yeah, uh, but I think that means that we have another chance at a different uh, streaming service to get up to. It's another chance to get in on the ground floor. And so yeah. far, we've had plenty of those and missed it every time. Yeah, so start CCing me on those uh, emails yeah. you said to Roku now. Uh, but enough of our stupid stuff. Let's get the guest on. So if you want to go ahead and introduce the guest, Dylan, pretty please. Yeah. So this week, we are uh, glad to be joined by Joe Ketchum of the Word Salad Radio podcast um, whenever he gets into the studio here. Like that. Hey, guys. Hey there, Joe. What's happening? Oh, you know, not much. We uh, adopted a dog today, so that's the new Aww. apps over here. Oh my God, you seem pretty awake for that. That's that's a tiring no, day. We just, yeah, we just got her today. She's really chill though. She just likes to hang out in her crate. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, right, right on. You're already partway through the hard stuff right there, crate craning. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh word, crate. word salad radio. What uh sum that up. What what is word what is word salad radio? Sure. Word salad radio is it's not so much a podcast, it is as several podcasts. Um I had too many ideas for podcasts, so I just put them all out on the same channel. We rotate through. I host them all, but I have various co-hosts and formats and um, shows. So check it out. You'll probably find something you like. The original podcast was about guilty pleasures. Um, and then we started doing a countdown show, and we started doing a time travel show and a, a fiction competition and 
you know, just w- whatever weird stuff I want to try out. <laughs> we had a stick stickly fan podcast for a little while, but that didn't go very well. <laughs> so it didn't last long. <laughs> Uh, the, the fixture write-off one, obviously, uh, that one is a little bit closer to us. Um, we were on that show once, mm-hmm. and I, I did a very bad job, and Dylan did a pretty great job. Uh, uh, even that out a little bit. <laughs> you guys both did great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And by the time this comes out, uh, uh, I think the, the second of our appearances will be on your show. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one because I wrote something very weird for this. So I actually uh, have time excellent. to prepare something, and I'm not yeah. using it wisely. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that I understand the audience that I'm uh, uh, speaking mm-hmm. to, I, I can cater my my <laughs> conversation a little different. Um, but when it comes to something that's so big like Word Salad Radio, where you have so many different styles of you know genres of things and writing and this and that, um, what what was the idea to start that kind of thing? I, I guess I'll start with that question. I, I meant to ask a different question, but I'll start with what was the idea to start Word Salad Radio? Sure. Um, I, I wanted to do a podcast. I just I listened to them for years, and I thought it'd be a lot of fun. And I had so many ideas for shows that I'm not even sure how I settled on. Uh, "Quote unquote guilty" was the original show about guilty pleasures. I'm not sure how we settled on that, other than um, we're fans of "How Did This Get Made?" the podcast, and they were going to do an episode about blood sport. And I watch all the "How Did This Get Made?" movies. <laughs> And so me and my buddy were going to watch Bloodsport because I had never seen it. And he loves it. And we just decided there to do a podcast about that. And one of my ideas was about guilty pleasures. Like, okay, well, this is clearly really dumb, but really fun. So we talked about that. And uh, yeah, we did that for like four years. And along the way, started a Patreon page. Um, And then I had the idea to start doing other types of podcasts on the Patreon to kind of try to appeal to more people and put out more content, more variety. And then after a while, I was like, I like doing these shows as much, if not more than the public show. So let's do word salad radio where they're all mixed together. No, that's cool. Uh, Yeah. That's kind of something that I guess we started doing. You're obviously way more advanced than we are. Uh, We just started doing weird stuff that we couldn't make movies and turn them into auto dramas. Uh, (laughs) We we should start a radio channel. Um, but because what we're trying to do with the show, what we're trying to do with any of our content is get to the point where we get to make our own movie and get to make our own content as well. What would you say is the pinnacle idea for Word Salad Radio or anything that you're working on specifically? The uh, What do you mean by the pinnacle idea? Like if you had like, it, what, like if there's a trajectory of your show, like where is it trying to get to or where's the ultimate oh. goal that you would like your show to get to, to go? I mean, it's always nice to have people listening. I think I, I just like to make a show that people um, are interested in tuning into. But uh, I realized a while back that it's not so much about you know appealing to an audience or making it uh, financially <laughs> lucrative. I just like doing it. It's just yeah. it's fun to hang out with my friends. It's fun to talk about movies and whatever weird stuff we come up with. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to have a bigger audience, but I don't since I have a job, I don't like actively seek that out so much as just enjoy doing it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know with like a creation you were trying to ever like write a book or uh, make a movie or make a, have a TV uh, show out of this. Do that thing where I'm, you'll leverage your podcast audience into some different form of media. I, I am a, I am a writer. Um, <laughs> I write plays and screenplays. Um, but I, I never thought about like using the podcast to get to the other one. I just I just like writing and I like podcasting. And so far, the two are 
separate, separate entities in my life, separate hobbies. <laughs> but yeah, I think it would be uh, be great to be able to use the the podcast, the built-in audience to do something more public, bigger. It's kind of like we mentioned the the show you guys were on. That's the only show we do currently that's live online where people can watch it, watch the recording, watch people compete. Um, so it'd be nice to bring in a bigger live audience to that and maybe do other things along those lines just because it's fun. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned you also listen to a, a lot of podcasts. Would you have like, is there a podcaster that you found inspirational or one that made you say, okay, I have to do this now? Um, boy, it's hard to say. I uh, Like I mentioned, How Did This Get Made? I absolutely adore that show. Um, and so I'd say I probably aspire to that more than anything is not so much their success, but just the type of show they put on the, how, how intelligent they are, how analytical they are. And it's just, that's me and my friends watching the worst movies imaginable, um, for fun. <laughs> so yeah, that's a big one for me. I have also, um, I really enjoyed while it was on, uh, competitive erotic fan fiction which is exactly what it sounds like but they don't make that one anymore it's it's hilarious though it's incredible <laughs> um i used to listen to a lot more kevin smith stuff but uh not so much anymore so just yeah i i try to cycle through things I, i've listened to more educational podcasts lately like uh, ali ward's ologies is great yeah um yeah i love that podcast the the pod save the world is more of a political podcast that I enjoy. I like those guys banter the way they play off each other. So yeah, it's not all about just like movie countdowns and I like this and I don't like this is like, Oh, I can actually use a podcast to enrich my life. And I hope to use my podcast network to, you know, have those deeper discussions with people and, mm -hmm. you know, enrich someone else's life. <laughs> well, speaking of your network, do you have any plans to add like another show to it? Is there uh, expansion of, of word salad. Um, there's, there's always ideas being thrown around. Uh, we were going to start, uh, a romantic comedy centered podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I had a weird idea cause I didn't want it to just be about a genre. Uh, I didn't know just us reviewing romantic comedies didn't seem that interesting, but we called it, we called it the rom comrades. And I thought it'd be funny to do a podcast that's kind of equally about rom coms and, Russian culture, <laughs> something along those lines. Like, where did those overlap? But that hasn't really taken off. Um, there, there's a show we started recently that I'm very proud of that we call Stranger Themes. Um, basically, me and my co-host, Tyler, we each pick a movie or a TV show or video game that we really like a lot. And then we challenge the other person to defend a crazy theory about it. So like recently recorded one about um, Ocarina of Time and Mortal Kombat Trilogy. And I told him that I thought Mortal Kombat Trilogy was a recruitment video for terrorist organizations. And he told me that Ocarina of Time was about Link coming out as a homosexual. So I had to defend that and he had to defend mine. And we had a blast with it. All right. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so that's maybe my favorite show that we do right now. Just I just enjoy those conversations so much. Oh, that's cool. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've talked about a little bit about just writing and being creative, um, writing plays and screenplays. Is there, so there tends to be a question that a lot of creative people get asked, which is where do you get your ideas? Which I've always found to be kind of a useless question because <laughs> it tends to just be like through the day, I 
think of something. Um, yeah. Instead, like, is there a specific way that when you have an idea, you kind of cement it so that you can later capitalize on it or develop it? Or do you just kind of let it sit for a little and like, what's your process on taking an idea that you intend to work on and actually get into the spot where you work on it? Yeah, I have a hard time letting things sit. So if something is really exciting to me and pops into my head, I have to kind of start to free write and outline ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started a screenplay. I haven't written a screenplay in years. Um, I'm mostly a playwright. My degree is in playwriting. Hmm. Um, but I had this idea for a screenplay and a buddy of mine uh, teaches screenwriting at DePaul University here in Chicago. And so I was like, can you send me any sort of materials, anything Cause like, I'm very comfortable with playwriting and structuring a play, but I know that screenwriting is much more strict in terms of the beats it has to hit. And he sent me all these wonderful materials. And so I find that outlining the idea is really useful. I don't know if I'm going to use any of the outline, but it feels good to like know these eight events that are going to happen in the movie and where it's going to end. And is the end too preachy? I don't know. I'm going to just start writing. Um, so that's my process is, uh, you know, you, you can't forsake the outline. You can't, there, there's a planning phase that is enormously helpful. You just dive into drafting. You're going to be running around in circles for who knows how long. Now, when you, when you outline, um, George R.R. R. Martin, who does, who wrote, writes Game of Thrones among like the wildcard series and Fever Dream and those sorts of, he tends to, he has this idea that writers tend to fit either into the architect or the gardener where the architect will outline every single beat they have to hit and then follow that like a building, whereas the gardener will build like a trellis and let the vines kind of go and prune it as it goes. Do you perhaps identify with either one of those or somewhere in between? That's a really good question. Um, I feel like I'm, I might lean more towards the architect side where I get an idea and I structure it and I really want to hit that beat, but I, I want to be a gardener. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be, I want to, and I feel like it's something I've been working on. I want to, you know, have my outline, have my ideas, but I want that to be fluid. I want to be open to new, better ideas as they come. And I feel like I do that pretty well. I've been working on a play for a while now. And, you know, the more I write it, the more I'm like, okay, this thing that I really like doesn't work and needs to be thrown out. Even though I really like it, it doesn't fit in this play anymore. So, yeah, I like to, I'm, I'm an aspirational gardener. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the term "right drunk, edit sober"? <laughs> um, I'm I'm not so familiar with it. Oh, I think it was Hemingway potentially. That's what it gets attributed to a lot, where he recommends that artists will write drunk and then edit sober, so that when you are a little wilder, you put all of them on the page and then you kind of prune it down. Um, and I found that it, I mean, it's a little literal sometimes, but it can be a good process to kind of like really unlock where something can go while you are not necessarily bound by reason. Yeah. I, um, I do like to write when I'm in a weird headspace. I don't, uh, I don't really drink and I don't do drugs, but just, you know, when you're overly tired Mm -hmm. and you're feeling a little loopy, it's fun to just bang out whatever weird stuff pops into your head and then yeah, edit, with a more analytical leveled mm-hmm. <laughs> leveled head for sure. Yeah. I think that makes sense because a lot of the ideas that I send to Dylan, I send them at like two or three o'clock in the morning when I'm barely yeah. awake and it's like, these don't make any sense, but maybe they're funny. I have no idea. It's like that episode of Seinfeld where he wakes up in the middle of the night cause he's watching a bad movie and he's writes down this hilarious idea that he can't remember. 
<laughs> my my best ideas will guaranteed always come as I'm trying to fall asleep, and I'm like, I'll remember it in the morning. Every single time, I'll remember it in the morning. I never do. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. You got to carry around, like you got to keep a notepad on your side. I need a notepad right by the bed. And yeah. I, it's so dumb that I, after all this time, I don't just put one there to like write it down. Sometimes if it's a really good idea, I will dig out my phone and try to type it into my phone. Yeah. It's not quite the same. But every, I rarely do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dylan gets a lot of my text messages because I can't find paper or anything. I'm like, I don't know. Just I'll just send it to Dylan. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned something earlier that I would like to touch back on, and it's something that I struggle with. Uh, say that you have like a very good idea, and you don't really know what to do with it. It doesn't really know, like, you don't really know how to make it work properly. Yeah. How do you know when to ditch an idea completely, or is it ever an idea worth throwing away, or is it always something you just got to rework? Um, I, I don't think any idea needs to be thrown away, but I will tend to, like, you know, jot that back into the notebook. I was like, it's not working for this thing that I'm working on, but everything else is coming together nicely. So I need to take this scene, this idea, and write it out as a 10-minute play, a short scene, put it in the notebook for something later. Um, the, the play I'm working on now is about time travel. And it the one of the early drafts had this scene, kind of a, a sexy, kinky scene between the two characters where... Uh, you know, the, the guy wanted to experiment with like race play. It's like an interracial relationship. And I had it workshopped and people were like, that scene comes out of nowhere. I was like, yes, I agree, but I wanted to write it. So it's not in there anymore. It's like, that seems like a separate 10 minute scene about, mm -hmm. you know, the dynamics of interracial relationships that I find interesting, but it just didn't fit with my like kind of half-ish fam family friendly weirdo time travel play anymore. So I, I like the idea, but it just, it has to go back in the notebook. It's one of the hardest things about just having ideas is knowing when to cut the ones that you really like from a project yeah. you're currently engaging with. And, you know, you can always set it aside and just say, I'll add it to something later, but I want to put it in now. Yeah. I, I said that in class early, like years ago teaching. And I was like, you got to know when you're writing, when to, when to kill the baby, when to kill your babies. Yeah. And like, by the end of class, one of my students had gotten on Facebook and quoted me saying that and tagged me. In it. <laughs> like out of context, this is a weird quote. Yeah. Kill your darlings is uh, writing. You know to kill your babies. Here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, is there, I guess this is a wider scale question. Is there, do you have like a dream creative project that you want to write one day that you're not quite ready to sit down and really tackle if you're willing to talk about it? Like, do you have something that you really want to tackle, but you haven't quite gotten into a space where you feel comfortable kind of doing it? Oh, I, I have, you know, fantasies about, you know, writing the, the big, the big movie, the big, I'm proud of it. And I had complete control over it movie or uh you know being on being on broadway with my weird georgia tan musical or anything like that but i don't know it is if you have to pursue these wants and for now i'm just like honing my craft a bit i i spent a long time not writing at all and just focusing on teaching that's what i do for a living and now that i'm teaching um full time and i don't have to worry about money as much I'm teaching more like literary analysis and that's making me a much better creative writer. It's giving me a lot more inspiration. So I've been writing more this last year or two than I have in a decade and it feels great. But for now I'm just enjoying like the creative juices flowing 
And if I finish something and like one of my contacts here in Chicago was like, yeah, I think it'd be good for this theater. And I send to the theater and they do it. Fantastic. There's nothing better than having your work performed live on stage or having someone want to make um, your screenplay into a movie. I actually had that kind of happen too. Uh, a local, a local guy wanted to make one of my plays into a movie. It didn't work out, but I had a lot of fun, like trying to adapt it for the screen and making it work and, you know, until it all fell apart, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so a lot of things that we do, <clears throat> like we kind of start with an idea and then the the, the next concept is, wh what is this? Is this a movie? Is it a comic book? Do, do you start the other way? I know you said you have a degree in, you said playwright. Do you start, does your, does your concept usually start on, on the stage or do you just have a concept and then figure out what that is afterwards? I feel like my default is, can I make this work on stage? But if it's, it, it usually becomes pretty evident early in the process if it can or cannot work on stage. It's like, okay, this is going to be better as a, a work of fiction. This is going to be better as a screenplay. So I tend to write for the stage. It's just how my brain works. But like this idea I had for a movie, I can't imagine it working as a play at all. Excuse me. Mm. So it, that was very early in the process. We're like, yeah, this has too much going on, too many characters. You know, there's gunfights and action and so many settings. Like this feels like a screenplay. Um, so it's it's fairly early. I don't I don't tend to try to uh, force it into a certain genre. It's just whatever the, whatever genre the story facilitates. Yeah. Um, Dylan, you got anything else, or do we get on with our thing? Uh, one last question then. Um, Zach and I are a fan of learning from our failures. If you wouldn't mind yeah. elaborating, is there a particular failure that you've had that you that taught you something helpful? One that oh, sticks man. out. Oh man. Um, oh, I'm a huge learn from your mistakes guy. The uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that scene about uh, the, the interracial couple wanting to wanting to experiment with race play that was a pretty big failure because <laughs> i was in class i was uh, i had already gotten my degree but i was uh, taking a playwriting class because i like the workshop aspect mm -hmm. i liked you know being able to have a place to share my work and this was the last one i took and my play largely because of that scene being in it and you know it's it's the the storyline's backwards it's reverse chrono chronological it was a real nightmare of a draft and everyone was very critical and gave me a lot of great notes. And I'm totally fine with that. You know, criticize away. I thrive under that. But like the next week or maybe even after class, the teacher pulled me aside. Like, are you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Because <laughs> the, the workshop was pretty visceral. But that's that's where I thrive is uh, people pointing out everything I've done wrong. Because mm -hmm. I will make a million mistakes per story guaranteed. And, you know, I just get a little bit better. My instincts get a little bit sharper, but yeah. Um, I'm a, a big fan true. of trying something, experimenting, making a mistake and then learning from that. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we're not, we're not going to make you talk about that stuff anymore. We're going to get on with our, <laughs> with our show, uh, if that's okay. Right. 
So what we do here is uh, Dylan and I will bring uh, an original idea, usually like a one sentence or something very weird, an idea to the table. And we used to just choose one and go on with it, but we decided that it was too hard for us to choose. So that's why we make our guests do this. So what we do is we pitch you idea and then you just choose one and then we figure out what this thing is. Okay. Um, Dylan, I think you went last last time. I don't first, remember. Okay, so I'll, go, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, so I had this idea. Uh, si since we're trying to pitch ideas to people, uh, I was trying to uh, keep the scope of the budget very, very small. So I had this idea to do a uh, Street Fighter-esque, Mortal Kombat-esque with only public domain figures. So find out what the public domain figures are and then make them battle and then figure out a world around that. So uh, 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 public domain, Street Fighter, uh, that's that's my uh, <laughs> that's my selection. Are you thinking like Mortal Kombat style? Like they get pulled from their own fictional work universes and into like this universal like tournament? Is that I mean, what that, you're thinking? That, that makes the most sense unless we could figure out a way that they all happen to be in the same alley at the same time. <laughs> okay. And this is an idea for a movie. Uh, not sure yet. Okay, so this could be anything. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, public domain. I, I love the idea of a, a video game that's all public domain. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad either. All right, Dylan, what do you got this week? What all right, weird, um, kind of weird stuff you got. Yeah, so this actually cropped up at work. I was hanging out with some people, and we were just talking about recent things, and had the idea. There have been the idea, the genre of like a time loop movie has been getting pretty. It's done pretty well recently there are a few examples of it and we've done time loop stuff on here but one thing that i haven't seen before is the entire world in a time loop and aware of it so oh. I, I had the idea that perhaps there was some sort of predicted world-ending disaster coming and in order to prevent it and try and figure out how to like give enough time to prevent it some mad scientist or something threw the entire world in a 24-hour time loop and it's like been a number of years and now everybody's grown kind of accustomed to it so everybody knows they're in a time loop everybody knows they're in a time loop they know that at mm. uh an arbitrary hour in 24 hours the world state is going to reset all right well that's mm. pretty cool yeah all right well, that's interesting <clears throat> all right well mr ketchup of word salad radio uh you get the weird decision of would you like to see slash help us work out a public domain street fighter style story or a world time loop where everyone knows during a time loop because of catastrophic events, which I guess we'll figure that out. It's um, a dubious honor to make this decision. I, um, I have to say, I, I think I want us to brainstorm a, a time loop where the world knows they're in a time loop. I mean, you're right. I've never seen that before. And I was going to, my first question was how do they know they're in a time loop? If time is just seems to be passing normally, but you know, an impending disaster makes a lot of sense because the public domain Street Fighter would be a lot of fun, but I feel like I already have that idea fully formed in my head now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I want, I want George Bailey to execute a fatality on you know Tom Sawyer or whatever, like boom, that writes itself. Yeah, great, <laughs> also in public domain as of this month. Yeah, but what also is? you have you have four, so you pretty much have like uh, an overpowered person uh, from the start. So, uh, all right, cool. So, world time loop, and the world knows that they're in it. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. Um, okay. So before we get started, we want to uh, throw a, a very special, very, very big thank you to uh, International Broadcast Media Television for having us on here, for letting me and Dylan uh, keep our friendship going strong virtually uh, <laughs> by making up weird stories nonstop. Uh, no, thank you very much. We do appreciate the time. We do have very a bunch much. of people on our Patreon. We would like to thank. We're going to get to that a little bit later. Um, but let's get into this real fast. No, nah, no, nah, actually real fast. We're going to take our time. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, Dylan. Yes. The world is in a time loop. Yes. Okay. So, um, do, you, do you have a vision for what style of story? Like, is this a series where, like, every episode it's, like, following somebody else in this day? Is this uh, a, a movie where we see groundhoggy style? I didn't see it as a serial. I saw it as a one, one and done where it's okay. either a movie or a limited run comic book, maybe a limited series. I didn't see it going for an extended amount of time. Ironically yeah. enough. Okay. So we're going to kind of think about this as a capsulated story then. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Joe, what are some things that could be catastrophic that maybe scientists would know about, which would make them flip the time loop switch? Um, a meteor, uh, some sort of apocalyptic meteor would uh, be something we see coming. Um, I've never seen a movie about a super volcano, though <laughs> we're due for one, apparently, if you listen to <laughs> experts. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we've written about that in one of our stories. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Meteor vo vo volcano is pretty cool. I, I think Volcano's we should go with that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Um, all right, so cool. So we got a volcano, and it's about to erupt, which will destroy the world probably, and which makes scientists, one scientist, flip a time loop switch. Right? Yeah. Okay. So Dylan, knowing we have a volcano that's going to go off, and knowing we have time loop, where do you see this story starting? I'm seeing it as that rushed intro just before they actually start the loop where maybe they have some sort of like, you know, earthquakes have been, if we're doing a mega a super volcano, the earthquakes have gotten intense to the point where they're predicting an eruption within the next, it should be within the next like 20 to 24 to 48 hours. And so we see the scientists in there like, super secret DARPA lab or whatever organization is arranging this. And it's like, well, what do we need? We need time. Well, does it have, and you know, there, I don't have anything prepared for okay, so, okay, along so. the lines of like, we need more time. Well, we have all the time. And then they flip it and it, they all wake up in their beds that morning. Yeah. Okay. So we do like a new sequence where everybody kind of realizes it. Okay. Two things. Number yes. one, were you saying that the opening scene is that everyone running down hallways because a disaster is about to happen scene? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> You're the first one to kind of pull out all of my stupid tropes when I started. And you want to start a move with everyone running down a hallway to a disaster room. <laughs> Either running or doing that fast walk with a clipboard and it's like, or a tablet. Yeah. Okay. My, my second question. Uh, and it seems like you're leading up to the, also the trope of having to wake up the drunk scientist that knows the one thing that can save the world. Uh, I hope we're not getting there, but it sounds like we are. 
<laughs> you asked me uh, my initial vision for this. Dude, I, know, I, I love that. You know I'm a fan of Armageddon. I'm a fan of all these kind of movies. Oh, yeah. And I think it's time that we make a disaster movie uh, and throw a time loop into it. Okay, so, Joe, we're starting this movie, and it's about 24 hours from the disaster. And I'm assuming that it is at the 24th hour mark that the, the switch gets flipped, right? Is that what you're saying, Dylan, or very close to it? Close to it. Okay. Now, would you say that that is, that is the start of the first arc? Is the, the time loop starting if this were a three-arc storyline? No, I think the opening is the loop getting thrown, and then we do like a six years later or something. Ooh. All right, cool. Six years later, but it's still but the, it's same the same day. day. Yeah. <laughs> 1800, like 1,800 cycles later or something. Yeah. All right, so you're saying the 24-hour period is very, very slow, like are, are, uh, very short from the beginning. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, what would you say uh, if we're going to use uh, our basic three-arc story structure that we fall back to, uh, what would you say is a good arc, like a good beginning arc to get to? I'm not entirely sure yet. I saw okay. two potential ways of telling this story. I saw one where it is... It follows the scientists trying to use this repeating time where they can't really get measurable results because the data resets at the start of the day, but they're trying to, it follows them trying to use this to their advantage or it follow or the, all the science stuff past that opening is in the background and it follows someone's personal story as the loop as it maybe, maybe it looks like they're going to get results soon. So the loop might be like terminated to continue. Like their the word on the street is that they're getting close to figuring out how to prevent it. So everybody's kind of like either looking forward to time continuing or not looking forward to it. Stuff like that. All right. Joe, do you think it's more interesting uh, of a story to follow one person trying over and over and over again to, I guess they're trying to stop the volcano and exit the time loop. Or do you think they can already get out of the time loop if uh, the catastrophe is done? Well, it is, it's a bit of an issue because it seems like the time loop is being created by the scientists, so they have this technology, so they just keep doing it. Um, so in order for there to be like a, a conflict, if we're going to jump six years later, which I love, is jump into this world where people have been living the same day for six years, I, I imagine they grow kind of complacent with it. It's like, yeah, impending volcano again today, but you know, they're just going to flip the switch and the time loop starts over. So what's it really at stake? Who really cares? Um, so I feel like there needs to be some sort of degradation with the time loop where there's some danger that this is going to end and the volcano is going to be let loose, so to speak, to destroy so, the world. If you go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, do you think there's a story in where there's no way to stop the volcanoes, so they exist in the loop, and now there's people that want the loop to stop, the anti-loopers? Yeah, but, I mean, then I would jump much further into the future. It's like, then you're kind of dealing with, like, immortality. It was like, people who have, this, this entire world has been immortal for millennia, maybe. <laughs> and so the movie becomes about do we stop the time loop and end the world because we just don't want to live forever? We can't have children. We don't mm -hmm. age. We don't die. And that was fun for a hundred years or so. But now it's, you know, there's this like uprising to end the time loop and end the world as God intended or whatever you want, wherever it wants to go. Cool. So yeah, is this like going to, that idea. 
Yeah, me too. So is this like a Snowpiercer style ending where like it ends with them turning the loop off and being like, I guess we'll figure it out. Who knows? Uh, is it, well, is I mean, Snowpiercer ends in a weirdly optimistic way for me. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, we get to go outside and isn't that great? Humanity is saved. Like, no, you're not. You're going to die in 15 no, minutes. Yeah. That is a bummer ending. You're going to get yeah. But yeah, yeah, but I they but they get to dive their way and not eating bug bug uh, uh, pate. I do see it coming that way. Or, you know, they yeah. they end the world on their terms and they go on to whatever's next, or maybe there's nothing. But they're they're not living eternity in this time loop. It's something I really loved about the Good Place, as it deals with this idea that immortality and eternity is boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's static. Cool. Um, yeah. I'm seeing two options for ending the time loop as well. One, it's the only thing that degrades across these loops. So like the next day, there's a little less fuel in it. It Maybe it's got, I don't know, time juice or something in there. And that's the only resource that seems to deplete because it exists outside the time loop. Or the switch needs to be flipped every iteration. So they need to make sure that someone's on it to make sure they flip it at the end of the day to continue it. And if it's not flipped, then it just progresses anyway. I definitely like that second one more than time juice. I don't understand time juice just it's, yet, it's a but I can, <laughs> I can get there. Uh, Joe, which one do you think? Uh, I, I think it has to be a conscious effort to stop the time loop. Um, if it if it degrades, that provides a, a time crunch, and then we have to solve the problem of the volcano, and that's a whole other movie. Um, but just thematically, personally, I'm more interested in let's make the choice to destroy the world. I like that. Now, yeah. is there, is there a choice to not stop the loop, or is there a choice to? I, don't, I guess that's that's not really that important just yet. Does it does it continue, or do you have to actively start it? Right. Every are time? they are they stopping the loop, or are they choosing to not start the loop? Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, because I guess they would go back. They would go back in time to the point before the loop machine was turned on. So each day they would have to turn it on. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, so. Then here's the choice. It's just, yeah, it's a matter of not doing something. Mm-hmm. Choice to not sw- not not switch to not loop, and that creates conflict because there's always going to be a population who is afraid to die. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just basic humanity. So I I imagine that even after however long we've jumped forward in time, however long we've been doing the time loop, the the people who are done with this is going to be relatively small, and the people who want to defend it. And keep the loop going forever, um, just because they're afraid of dying, they're afraid of an ending. It's like that creates conflict. Yeah, I like that, and I think this is a good time to kind of work on some characters then, because mm-hmm. now that we have a linear story, we know kind of what the where, where we're going roughly. Um, what kind of characters do you think we should be following? Now, obviously, we're following the group of people that want this thing to stop, right? They're yeah. the heroes. Yeah. Cool. I'd say they want it to stop, but they also want it to stop at the right time. It's not that they're I don't think they're I don't think they're doom seekers. I think they're like well, I don't know. I think they're probably like, well, we can get through it, but we need to actually be able to get through it. Like Yeah. So I guess some people in this in, in our little group here, uh, probably one of them is someone that thinks they can stop the volcano, right? That seems like a pretty classic uh, person to put there. Like, no, no, we if we get out of this loop, I can stop this. It's like a, ge- that- it's like a, a geologist or something kind of related to it. Yeah. Uh, what are some other characters you you want to follow in this story? I'm having a hard time not 
just ripping off Roland Emmerich movies on this idea. This feels like a Roland Emmerich like concept. Okay. Um, so you've I see got like a child, a child who is, you know, now hundreds now of years old, yeah. but is trapped in the body of an eight-year-old. You know, cool. that kind of that kind of stuff. I like that. Um, do you think that maybe there's uh, like a, like a widow or widower that has been away from their partner for that long, like in their uh, on the way out, or maybe there's a, a pregnant woman who just wants to just give birth. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a good one. Or someone who's yeah. living with a chronic illness. Oh. Um, there could be someone who the 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 day that's being repeated, their hus their partner dies that day. And oh. Every day, and they can't. It's like a brain aneurysm at yeah. the same time every day, and they know it's coming, and they've oh. done everything they've tried for centuries to prevent it, and it's just every day they have they have to watch their partner die. Okay, I don't know what type of movie you have in mind. Is this a, a like a comedy or a, an actiony? Like you I mentioned, Will Emmerich. <laughs> is it is this mean, is this like you know big disaster seriousness? I, I, I definitely don't see comedy anymore. I see uh, some some comedic hits to it, but it seems like a pretty powerful kind of I choose life kind of tale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So now I guess we need to figure out how these people know each other. Joe, did Zach freeze on your screen as well? Yes, he did. Cool. Oh. Just check him. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. All you guys are frozen. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. He kind of updated, but still frozen. <laughs> oh, you look like you're holding like a watermelon or something. I'm holding a, that's weird. It's your hand. Your hand. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Okay. Uh, right. Well, I sh should I get out of this or should we just no, continue audibly? I, Zach has been turned into a very slow flip book. Oh no, that's weird. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I can see you guys, and things are fine on my end. So okay, okay. Guess, we'll continue guess... until unless you get kicked out. We'll figure out yeah. what's going on. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, All right. Hmm. You're holding the whiteboard hostage. Am I? <laughs> can you hear me though? Oh yeah, yeah. we can hear you fine. I okay. Good. Should hmm. I break out of this and, and get back into it, or should we just continue with the story audibly? Uh, looks like. Try refreshing. I'll, I'll try refreshing. Or, yeah, or maybe our director, Win will refresh. <laughs> oh, no, Zach. Yeah, oh, there he goes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Uh, so, like, time loop stuff. Have you ever written a time loop uh, concept at all, Joe? I've never written a time loop, okay. uh, even though I I aspire to. <laughs> like, yeah. I love I love time loop. Story well, you so mentioned much. you mentioned you're working on a time travel, yeah. Play, I believe. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have any uh, particular fun ideas as to how to portray that idea on stage? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's mostly about um, a man, and it's mostly about a daughter building a time machine that she doesn't know will work to go back and like find her her parents. Okay. Um. So it's it's very much dealing with like faith. Like she just believes yeah. it's gonna work. So that's her drive. All right. Then she runs yeah. into the pale mutants that live underground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's inevitable. That's the that's the the big uh, twist ending. <laughs> <laughs> her parents are mutants and send her, yeah, yeah. send her back in time. Yeah, we've uh we've on previous episodes we've done smaller time loop stuff. It's generally a, it's a very fun uh concept to um do philosophy as far as like 
whether living without progress is truly an existence worth like discussing. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, it's become its own little genre now. I know uh, Palm Springs was a really fun one. The last one that really did anything unique with it, I think, was uh, Russian Doll, the Netflix series. I loved Russian Doll. That's a good one. Yeah. The idea of them I actually, having... I actually had that idea of having two people in the time loop. And like Russian Doll beat me to it. And then Palm Springs yeah. came around and they did two people in the time loop. Like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about Russian Doll that I really liked were the um, eventual kind of parallel times time yeah zone. It, did some, it did some cool stuff with the time travel yeah and then of course um it's not a time loop but you were right the good place really does explore the concept of what eternity really means for a group of people that experience time in a very linear kind of progression yeah i, I love that because that's my always been my issue with like a heaven is like oh i live forever in paradise, like sounds kind of dumb and boring. I'm sure, <laughs> it's, I'm sure it's great for the first few hundred years. I'm sure it's great for a while, but like yeah. getting into is like here's a door where you just cease to exist. Like, oh, yeah. I can get on board with that. I can do that. <laughs> that sounds great. Let me see if Zach has any progress. We lost him. Yeah. So yeah, those of you watching at home. This is uh, the fun inherent in working with uh, technology. Are people watching at home? Uh, I don't know. Not oh, I mean, at the remember, time is a con construct, so uh, they don't know that this is being recorded in advance until I say something. Okay, I got you. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no. Um, speaking of technology, do you find that when you're developing an idea, do you um, you said you keep your notes on your phone? Do you have like a brain? book or something like that where you just jot stuff down or do you prefer to do digital it's all digital yeah, yeah. i used to carry around a notebook but i would often forget it so i always have my phone on me so i just have a dedicated app for writing yeah. notes yeah do the same thing for the most part though i find that a, a little pocket memo book tends to fit mm -hmm. well enough that i can just kind of leave it in there and you know, depending on where you are, phones may not be necessarily the, um, they can be frowned upon depending on the environment you're in. Yeah. The first couple of times I put my pocket notebook through a, through a washing machine, I was like, well, this maybe isn't the best way for me. <laughs> I've, um, I've definitely experienced that where I'll be folding my clothing and I'll find the little spiral bound, the little spine and nothing attached to it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And I think Zach has potentially gotten back into the stream yard. Nope. Apparently not. I don't know. What's, yeah, what's going on with that? Riveting television. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if we want to just... Uh, oh. Yep, there we go. Is you moved. Oh, you're back outside. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> oh. Catastrophic failure happened. Okay, uh, that was wild. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I uh, have luck to brainstorm disaster movie ideas. Chrome, <laughs> Chrome, Chrome just shut down on me. It was crazy. Oh, anyway, great. okay. So, uh, where where were you guys? <laughs> we were discussing just creativity and like the yeah, we were just, general genre. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so the last thing that I remember talking about was these characters and yes. how they should know each other. And then apparently I was holding a watermelon for a second and whatever, whatever. Um, so 
of these characters, which we have a geologist, an eight-year-old child, a, a, a pregnant woman, um, someone that's on their death day, which I think is a very intriguing concept. How do these people know each other? Or is it something that they've somehow met over the course of this time? Or what if the geologist and his wife are pregnant? Like with a, either a second kid and their eight-year-old has been, you know, repeating the loop with them. And that gives the geologist the real, like really hard drive to finish this and particularly to fix the volcano issue so that they have a very good reason to terminate the loop. Okay. That sounds so. So all these people are in like one family or one little like unit. Is that, is that right? Family and maybe the neighborhood or like coworker stuff. I feel like after a few hundred years of waking up in the same place every day, you'd get to know your neighbors very well. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, okay, so are we changing this uh, time jump in the beginning to something a little more dramatic to make this like way more effective? I really like the idea of it being like a few hundred years into a loop. Yeah, cool. I guess it really trying... I like starting with the original jump though, because you know, mm -hmm. you start in medias race, you start in the middle of the action, the world is ending, there's things exploding. It's like we got one option mm -hmm. time loop machine, and we've never tried it before. It could rip the whole world apart. It's like the world's already ripping apart. It's already gonna be ripped apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So then we do we do so we do a little bit of a time jump just so that we can see everyone living this life and being kind of okay with it. We, uh, except for some people. I imagine we see them flip it and then it goes into the opening credits where it does the news sequence thing where it's like day three of January day three of January 10, or like January 10th, the third. January 10, 45. January yeah, 10, yeah. 375. January they would, 10. They would come up with a way to mark time. Yeah. They would. They, they would have to come up with time. a way to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wonder what that would be. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, uh, so if we're keeping the original six year jump thing, what what is what, what is the story that we're following now? So we just pop right into these people and like the just we start following all the bad that can happen in a time loop. I like the yeah. idea of seeing iterations where it's like, we'll see like a 10 minute segment of day 130. We'll see a 20 minute segment of day, like 365, like the one year anniversary or something of them living the same day for a year at a time. And then going 4,500 years into the future of this. Cause they've, they've got to figure out, the, the issue with doing science in a time loop is that your data never saves. So they would have to like do an experiment, end it at a point where they can kind of jumpstart from that point in order to make any sort of progress. Yeah. So all, all their experiments and stuff are about stopping the volcano, right? So I suppose so. Or yeah. some manner of like jumpstarting like worldwide manufacture on just like a giant metal dome or something. I, I you know, something smarter yeah. than that, but effectively the same idea. Right. Cool. So, um, so it's one day of them trying to figure out how to stop the volcano for 4,500 years for some people. Yes. Sure. And then, okay. So what would you say is the first big arc then of, uh, of this story? Because at some point we got to get to people saying like, I feel like this got to stop soon. Yeah. Um, all right. So if we're also getting down to choosing to not, the loop <laughs> to, to not flip the switch um who, who is in charge of the switch where where is this uh where is this being held 
I'm almost seeing it as an international effort. <clears throat> like it should be in like maybe like um oh, shoot. Do do people know about this? Like obviously people know that during a time loop. Do does what does the world think is happening in this in this? Do they know that it is stopped because of the volcano? That is a really good question. Yeah. Why why would they advertise that there's a time loop button? Right, because it would have happened, it would have had to happen that day. It would make it, it a means, target. So then yeah. yeah. So but wait, would would they actually have to set up a series of days if they live the same day over and over again? They wouldn't know how many of those days they've gone through. People would keep count, like how? Yeah, if, if you revert back, it you're you remember previous loops. Oh, you remember all the loops. Okay, yes, you remember. Yeah. It. So okay, cool. They're like, it's been forty five. Uh, are you sure? I I'm I remember distinctly forty six. Like yeah. Okay, cool. So people yeah, after hundreds of years, maybe they'd stop marking time because yeah. you know they couldn't agree on how many days had passed because they don't have a way to mark it really to yeah. like, actually record it. So memory is the only thing that. It goes over day to day. I think so. Okay, cool. So then they got to figure out within one day how to stop a cat you know, uh, yeah. catastrophe. I think that's cool. Um, <clears throat> okay, so then we would need to have probably a group of people on the other side, right? Or or does or do people yeah. know that that these that these folks are going to try to stop it, or are we following them trying to stop it over and over and over again? I feel like the geologist is involved in the team trying to stop it incrementally like yeah. wakes up immediately writes down what he remembers from the day before that was important just so he has some notes on hand um and then let's see his family's probably in on it i like the idea eventually that people don't know what initiate they know that it was cr constructed but they don't know how so there are there's like a gang of people who are conspiracy theorists about how the scientists did the time loop or something like that. Um, and there is a concerted effort by certain organizations to terminate it. Okay. Um, now what, 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 what kind of story are we going to follow here? Are we following like, just like a basic three arc thing? Is that, is that what we're trying to accomplish with this? Um, Cause I, I haven't grasped a story yet except for, uh, I think we have a setting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the story has to be at some at some point. I think we need to see either the choice to this, or maybe we start with the majority of these people not wanting to do this, but having to. Because they probably don't. They probably don't want this. No, probably not. They it, it's they probably wake up and they're exhausted already. Um, I imagine they probably, if they're if they're part of the science core that's doing this, they probably were warned to get a good night's sleep so you always wake up refreshed for the next thousand years of your life. Yeah. Um, I imagine... I think that we show that it's been routine for so long that then something, some group does something different that throws a lot of chaos into the mix. Yeah. Um, do you think there's multiple different types you're saying there's multiple types of people that want this the loop to stop right i think so all right cool so do you want to build on those like or do you want to like factions 
Yeah, um, I'm, 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 I'm trying to work. I'm trying to work in a story yeah. and try to figure out like yeah. where, where we can go with this. Sure. So there's, there's, uh, I guess religious people, right, that just don't like this. Yeah. Uh, that would be upsetting to them. Would they want to stop this also? I'm trying to think of what religions feature the idea of like existence as a circle and as a wheel. Yeah. And I imagine there might be some tension over this being too literal for them. Okay. Um, now what, what do you think will be like this last scene that looks like, like it's, is it, is it all these people coming to this one person and be like, don't do it this time. Don't flip the switch. <laughs> don't flip it. Or, uh, or is the geologist the one that has to flip it uh, every single time because he's not confident in his own ability to like stop the volcano? My, my impulse is to do a, a real downer ending where the we, we basically have the world split into two groups. There's two types mm -hmm. of people in this world. The people who want to keep the time loop going and ensure humanity's survival. And there's a group who is tired of eternity and wants to stop the time loop. And so these two groups are at odds, but then we have the geologist and his family, like in the center of this, where he believes he's come up with a way to stop the volcano so we can exit the time loop safely. But my impulse is to have his idea fails. Like they, they don't do the time loop and his plan fails and the world ends. Yeah. I, I almost like the idea of him kind of coming to the conclusion, like, look, I, I can't stop this thing. I cannot stop the volcano, but we got to get out of the loop. Yeah. Like just that ultimate, just we're, we're going down. Like this, this has to happen. Stagnation. Him using his status to like give them hope is what convinces them to stop the time loop. And he's like, hey, uh, okay, yeah. convince the right people to not do the time loop. And he's like, I'm sorry, I got nothing. Sure. Uh, okay. So who, who <laughs> not like that. Uh, who, who is in charge of the, the, the switch currently? Like it's not them because he would have probably stopped the wedding. I, mean, I want to say either like CERN, like the same people who do like the uh, the hadron collider in Switzerland. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, like so a multi the, like a multinational like group of scientists that came together and was like, "This is wacky, but this is our best method of preventing this thing." Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta go with us on this. It's gonna be Monday for a long time, but we'll get through it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. Do we watch the geologists like do tests on the on the volcano? Like, is is there something that we see as the audience that's like, right, maybe he can do it? Uh, maybe maybe this guy's got the chops. Yeah, I feel like the audience should believe he's going to save the world. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes the downer ending effective. Is so then we want to, we want him to do it. Right. So then is there a scene where he fake proves that he can do it to the people that are in charge of this? Or is there, uh, this, hmm. <laughs> all right, Dylan, come on, help me out here. I'm seeing him. I'm seeing him being relatively, well, here, I don't know what the, uh, kind of sci-fi, um, solution to a super volcano eruption for this would be um cold fusion i potentially star trek did that <laughs> um it's the only out we got really or a black hole an underwater black hole 
<laughs> or I like the idea that at a certain point he just is like, there is no, this was a mistake. Like we, we attempted a way to preserve humanity and we have preserved it into stagnation. There is no way for us to do this over the course of a single day repeated ad nauseum. And maybe, maybe partway through the geologist is just like, we got to stop doing this and just let things go. Cause stagnation is just a different type of destruction. Yeah. But I guess my, my, my problem that I'm having is that I don't see like a story where this is going to go unless it's like a short, if it's a short that yeah. goes over a long span of time, then we can crunch all these concepts together. And then it's like yeah. way more impactful where we see frustration after frustration after frustration and a lot of hopeful people that want the geologist to succeed, but he just can't. And then they make this choice to just turn it off anyway. This, this could be a short or a series of shorts which show primarily this guy trying to prevent this disaster. And then we have vignettes showing people going through day after day of whatever ex like existence they have in this. It could be a short like half hour movie or film, like short film, where we see this guy realize that this was a mistake to do. And yeah. at the end, it's just like, hey... So it would almost make sense that the person that flipped the switch to do it has to be the one to not do it because of like pride and whatever, right? Yeah. Because if they're the ones yeah. that ultimately be like, hey, look, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, and then everyone's like banking on this dude to do it, and he can't do it, <laughs> then it's he has to like, yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you. if you want if you wanted to break this down to a short or make this, I, I don't know about a series per se not yet anyway uh, i would like to see it a series like i think a time looping series would be a very interesting idea where you kind of follow different people trying to do roughly the same thing um we, we did that zach we did that on the show <laughs> oh yeah we did that was a good idea though honestly that was a really good idea <laughs> we should do something with that <laughs> should. Uh, okay so let's say this is a short film yeah right Let's just let's keep it a capsulated thing. I think that's cool and impactful. Uh, let's just cut out a lot of that time. So if we start with the idea that there's this volcano that's going to just destroy the world, and the geologist, they're also not the inventor of this time loop thing, right? I don't think so. So, <laughs> so are they like on a team? Is there a team of people that figure this out? Yeah. All right. Cool. Science all stars. So the, yeah, let's interesting <laughs> because. I see the team as like just his local neighborhood and who over, over decades and centuries, he's like trained them and they're all like their own computer where it's like, okay, Bob remembers this, Janet remembers that. And we're all going to collect every morning to figure out a little bit more of the puzzle, even though Bob and Janet do not come from this background. They've just, you know, they're on board with the cause of getting out of the time loop and stopping the volcano. Now, okay, now, is there a story where nobody knows how the time loop started? I like the idea that these characters aren't maybe initially aware, and then you find out that one of them does know. Yeah, like, I was thinking, like, it'd be, it'd be kind of interesting if, like, a, if a garage inventor, like, in just a last-ditch effort, like, flipped it on and was like, I, I guess this works or whatever. So, like, it's not, like, a government-sanctioned thing. Some people just don't know about that. Because uh, there could be something in them having to find out how the loop starts or uh, how to stop it, right? That could be part of this. 
Um, and a good way to do it would be to have like a defector within this organization that does the time loop. Um, so like someone who no longer believes the time loop is the way to go and wants to end it. And so they leak it to the local community. And then there's a plan in motion. It's like, okay, we, we have a theory to stop the volcano, but we also have to stop the time loop because clearly the volcano is not causing the time loop. There's something. So it almost becomes like a heist movie at that point. Right. That's what I was break thinking. In and prevent the time loop and put their plan into action to stop the volcano, which may or may not actually work out. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so we, we so we pick up with uh, the, the running down the hall, <laughs> the running down the hallway scene, uh, and we know that we're about twenty four hours away from whatever. And then I think that's probably pretty cool that people like wake up the next day and be like, "Wait, what happened?" Right? Like everybody. Yeah. And uh, and then we kind of pop forward and we do the scene that Dylan's talking about. We kind of go forward a couple of times, and we're kind of seeing that it's the same day over and over and over again. Um, and I like where we get to the point that after a long time people are just kind of just sick of being right like a lot of people are just sick of existing and uh then i guess you get two facts of people people that want it to be solved and people just want it to end and i guess there's also people that want to be in a time loop um then we uh, and then is this the scene this is kind of where we put in that uh leaked information that there is with where the time loop started kind of thing. And then people are like, Oh, we, we can stop this. Right. Like, I think there has to be that, that knowledge yeah. of, Oh, we actually can stop this now. Knowing we can stop it. How do we stop it? Right. Is that like this first, like mini arc little here, like where the, the knowledge of the looping machine exists. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's where we're shortchanging ourselves on a time loop movie because normally we would do like a, um, uh, live, die, repeat type situation where they infiltrate and they know everything that's going to happen. And day after day after day, they, you know, plan it out. But since everyone it's, since the world, the, the whole world is in on the time loop that becomes, uh, you, you take that away. Yeah, true. Um, but I, I think that people not knowing why the loop started might be fairly interesting. And, yeah. then, and then a couple people learning about it through whatever means, um, seems like a good push of action, which is, I think, what we're looking for. We're looking for, uh, Dylan, you know, like when we, we write a story and, like, there's a point in the story where the clock starts and you're like, okay, yeah. now now we get moving. Uh, we haven't really hit that point yet, which I think could be uh, maybe that, like, these all these people together know how to solve something or want to get out, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's when we find out, hey, you can stop the loop. Yeah. And I think that would push these people into a, a direction. No, I like that. And then it has to be them somehow getting there and turning it off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So what, what do you think are is the next little hump that we got to get over here? I I like the idea that Joe mentioned that it fall it would pr probably follow like a neighborhood. Af at, you know, they've been living together living next to each other for so long now at this point that they've effectively kind of like you know they've i imagine that uh neighbor a small tight-knit neighborhood in a time loop would probably have some sort of like community event where it's like all right everybody today we're going to be doing research on landscaping because mark down the street really wants a uh 
he wants to eridscape his lawn. So we're going to everybody find out how to do that for the next like three weeks or something like that. And then yeah. why, would, point, why would Mark want to do that if the time loop resets and his lawn's going to be the same anyway? Maybe Mark's <laughs> an op- maybe he's an optimist and he just thinks that every once in a while he's like, well, I do like the idea of someone like going out and pulling the weeds out of their garden every day. Yeah. Like just, mean, just, just, it's just something to do. They're going to be back tomorrow, yeah. but yeah. Like, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to see weeds today. <laughs> And uh, it, would, it would play into this this feeling of just yeah eternity just yeah something to do. What else am I going to do? I've done everything that I could yeah. possibly do. Yeah. Um, and then I like the idea that they band together because let me let me rewind a little bit. I really like the idea that this was started without anybody widely knowing about it. So they wake up and they're like, oh, this is weird, and everybody's aware of it. And then at some point they find out that it was done to prevent some horrific disaster. And then they find out that it was done without anybody's like input. Yeah, that's cool. And so it's this group of people coming together to try and find the source of it and shut it off. And then the minute they're found out about it, the people who run the time loop are like, we got to start fortifying because these people are going to come after us. Okay. Man, that's really interesting to me, even without, the geologist having a plan yeah. to stop the volcano. It's like the just, world's being held hostage by a yeah. guy who threw it into a time loop or something. Yeah. Just the theme of like choosing to die, like yeah. having control over the end of your own life. That's so powerful to me. No, I, I definitely agree. I, I just, I'm curious how we get to that. <laughs> I, okay. So I think how we do this is we make it so that the audience doesn't know about the oncoming disaster until the heroes break into the time loop room and then, somehow they learn towards the end of the movie like hey if you turn this off the world ends tomorrow that's why we started this okay so then so you the- have that 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 climactic like tension at the end like oh it's either exist with without change or potentially doom everybody to non-existence okay so right on here will be the the knowledge of the volcano then yeah okay so people fall into a time loop they're in a time loop for a while they they know that there's a volcano disaster, right? Because it's like you would know about that prior to exploding. No, uh, they would uh, know about something, but I, I guess they they they're not knowing that it's going to end the entire world. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Even the even the time loop scientist people can't know for sure. They just yeah. Yeah. they just know that there's nothing they can really do to prevent it so far. And yeah. so in order to give themselves more time, they're like. We took it out of the hands of the people who can't make decisions, so we gave us enough time to figure stuff out. It's like, well, what's it gotten you? We're working on it. It's like you can't yeah. be working on it for eternity. Like you the, drag the entire world into this. The continuing resolution is still in committee kind of yeah. <laughs> bureaucracy. Yeah. Turns out when you have eternity, bureaucracy becomes just eternal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if if we swap the geologist out for yeah. the for the inventor or the time loop person, that seems like a better story, right? Because the person that does it would be the main person that people are fighting to stop it. And he like wants it to continue while everyone else is like, I need this to end. We need this to stop. Well, the, the protagonist can't be someone who wants the status quo to remain the status quo. Mm-hmm. It has to be someone who's trying to make change. So mm-hmm. the geologist, whoever this guy is that we're following, he has to lead the charge to infiltrate this facility, find out what's happening and stop the time loop. All right, cool. Then who, all right. So who's in charge of the time loop? The UN. The, the, the UN. Why not? 
Okay. And then these yeah, people are going to convince like some guy in the garage. And I like that too. Just yeah. I, I, I like it being a person. Cause I don't know about this group of people oh, going yeah. to the UN and then pitching their, their cool, you know, and then the UN's be like, yeah, you're probably right. So, <laughs> uh, I think it should be a smaller scale than the UN. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe like a, There's a little issue. Like, did he happen to invent, a time loop machine the day the world the day before the world is going to end or has he had it for a while and he's no he knows he's had it for a while has he used it before and the world had a weird like repeat day that they didn't notice because everyone remembers it I could I think, that. yeah i think that'd be a cool reveal where he's like how would you even know this worked and he goes listen i did this uh once in the 80s and uh it, it got weird trust me things got weird i had a, I had a weird <laughs> weekend in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it lasts. No one, no, no one noticed the weather was exactly the same two days. Well, I mean, people would know though, because you know, people would be alive again and die again. You can't just turn on a time loop machine yeah. even for a day. I mean, but if if it happened like in the eighties or early nineties, like it would be a conspiracy theory now. On a, uh, he was like able a, to perfect it on a small on a smaller scale, and this is the first wide okay. scale application of it. Oh yeah, he was able to do for like a block, and now he can do the mm -hmm. world or whatever. Uh, but I do, I do think that it would be cool that uh, the reveal that yeah, I've done this before. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't hundred percent sure it was going to work, but it did work, and we can't turn this off because I know that this volcano is going to blow up. Yeah, uh, yeah I think that's cool. Um, so I think it should be like a garage dude, right? <laughs> yeah, he looks like um, the guy who invented uh, Linux. Never mind. What? Who, who knows that? Never mind. He's like how, big how is that something dude? people might know? People know who Linus Torvald is. Oh Maybe my god. Okay, uh, Mr. Ketchum, do you know who Linus Torvald is? No. Never mind. Uh, when in the chat, can you please let us know if you know who <laughs> Linus Torvald is? Okay. Who is, I the, other, <laughs> who is the other Apple guy? I, I might have gotten that wrong. The the was. Yeah, the was. Okay, so how do they know? What do you think is a good way for them to find out that there is a person that you can uh, pitch your idea to to turn a switch off? I like the idea that someone just defects. Someone just okay, realizes cool. the the implications of what is happening. Yeah, so he has like a partner. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So his partner, the partner, the partner over centuries becomes convinced that they have to stop doing the time loop. They have to just let the world end naturally and the guy pushing the button disagrees so he goes right, off how, to how does the partner find these people i i kind of picture it all being in the same little community oh so okay so they're just all okay just like a little yeah. it's like a science, it's like one of those campuses where like all the staff Ooh. and their, all the employees and their family like live near their place of employment cool all right so then the partner goes over to these people and like look I know the guy who did the loop thing. I haven't told you guys in 4,500 years, but this, this has got to stop. I, I keep meaning to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost here every day. Trust me. <laughs> my, my bad, you know. <laughs> well, he's okay. And he's probably being hunted down as well. So every day he has to evade these people. Oh, cool. And All right. It eventually gets to the point where they know like, Hey, we're going to reset in 15 minutes. So we need to make sure we're all on the same page about how we hit the ground running when we wake up. So that way they're like, if we get to him before he wakes up, we can stop him that day. Okay, cool. So then they're trying to get to the man who knows uh, uh, the uh, about the switch and they're yeah. pleading and they're pleading to him about how uh, 
it's got to be done. Life's got to be done. What what's yeah. what's that scene look like? Like what 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 is what, what are they saying to him? Slash, what does he actually hear? Because if he's if he's been hanging on to this thing for forty five hundred years and he's been turning it on every single time to make sure the humanity stays, it's gonna be pretty impactful for him to go like, yeah, today's the day. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine him. Is he convinced by a verbal? Is argument. he willing to change his mind? Does he need to? I think that if if there is a chance that why he thinks it's going to done is over, like if if he thinks yeah. that there's a way that it could be solved, then he'll probably stop it. That seems to make sense, like an inventor point of view, even if they're lying. So that's why I was thinking maybe like it's not a geologist, but they're just going to like lie to him, like, hey, we can actually stop this thing. Uh, slash, my husband's been dead for a long time. Slash, I'm sick of morning sickness. Slash, I've mm -hmm. been hung over forever. Uh, whatever, whatever. I think there might be an appeal to the idea that, like, or do they kill him? I don't. Th I don't think they kill him. <laughs> yeah, we want to. We want to root for these people. Yeah, so it's hard to justify our heroes murdering someone. I feel Fair. like there's something to the idea of them convincing him that, like, just doing the same thing every day is not an existence worth existing in. Yeah. So then this has to be like just that heartfelt, like heavy dialogue scene right yeah i think so <laughs> all right cool uh all right so we just got to put some like words in here which that's what dylan does um <laughs> and then this is and this is going to be the thing where he like he goes over and he goes are you guys you guys 100 percent sure that i should not do this and they go yeah trust me and he's like, yeah and, and then no immediately the world blows light. up oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say there's no flash of light or anything it's just like Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. I feel like I feel like this story just needs a little. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we got to add like a little bit of something to this thing. Yeah. Uh, but Dill, why don't you quickly just run through the story like as we have it, just to see how it flows. So what I think we have so far is rumors of an oncoming disaster, which is going to affect the entire world. In an effort to stop it, some organization announces that they are going to reset time. They're going to, you know, send us back 24 hours. So we have time to work on this. Nobody knows how they plan on doing this because it's classified, but they do it. We cut to see kind of like people every like 10 years or so, what their day to day seems like, like one guy like always goes to the same spot. Cause he knows lightning's going to hit there. One guy, like just, sees how far he can travel or something like that. We see uh, an estranged couple trying to reconnect and they like get within eye eyesight of each other before the day resets or something like that. We see the way that it affects these people on a day-to-day -day basis. We see them in this neighborhood of scientists of some sort um, as they kind of deal with the trials of having to relive the same day over and over again. You know, his wife is pregnant. They're never having a kid. Um, someone just has to witness their loved one die every day at the same time, that sort of thing. Um, and then at some point I imagine a defector probably gets out and reveals the method the time loop was done and it causes worldwide unrest because they're like, it's just a light switch or something like, you know, it's just one guy made this decision. Like we all, this should have been made public knowledge because some of us wouldn't have wanted to be involved or something like that. And so there's this sudden upset, I think in the status quo and these characters take the opportunity to 
turns out the time loop is like in their campus. So they take the opportunity to use their collective knowledge to get in and convince the guy to end it. Despite the fact that this disaster is likely to be the end of everything. Okay. Is that, is that kind of what we had arrived on? No, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely all the beats. Um, Joe, what what do you think is something that we could just kind of add to this to give it that little bit of oomph to make it kind of a tighter or uh, uh, more interesting thing? Because I, I feel like it just needs something, but I don't know I, just what yet. I, I feel like they're they're not going to convince this guy to voluntarily turn off the time loop and accept his own death if he's been doing it for so long. So I feel like yeah. there needs to be some sort of siege. There needs to be some sort of forcing. There needs to be some sort of heist sequence. Um, there are, there are a couple of issues just hearing Dylan summarize it. Yeah. Um, for one, how does everyone know they're in a time loop if they don't know the world is going to end? It's like, that's something that's going to be revealed, but I, I, I guess they know because people are coming back to life and they're not. Yeah. Happy, they, so. Where is that? If they have their memory and they wake up over and over and over again, eventually they'll all know they just are in a loop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I can get that. Um, yeah, that works. But continue. Um, I don't know why. Like, if if this defector tells this small group in his community about the the time loop, you mentioned that you know the whole world is going to be aware of it. It's like there must be countless conspiracy theories as to why this is going to happen. Why would the world believe that this time loop exists? I feel like it's going to come down to the small group believing it's happening and doing something about it. Yeah, and they're going to have yeah. resistance not only from the guy with the switch, but also within their community, there's people who don't want to die or are afraid mm -hmm. of death. And that's very natural. So there's going to, it's going to be almost like this civil war in this little town of people defending the switch that they believe to be there and people trying to stop it. Now I like that. I, I like, I like a tiny civil war movie yeah. uh, where every day they have to get their army, their mini army together to battle this one thing to get that, that that's kind of cool. Um, because yeah, I, I agree. Like it's gonna take something for him to just go fine. After all this time, I'm gonna stop. Yeah. Um, so I guess he needs. We we need to give him like a weakness or something. Um, but I I do like I do like the the heist idea, and I think we should maybe look more into that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that, Dylan? Like how how do you think what what would that look like if we swap most of that out uh, with a heist component to to either steal the switch to make the switch not work. Just it's uh, just a raid on the compound. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I um, but I like it. it. I mean, I think the biggest issue that we've had with this one in particular is, I think the idea of it being used to prevent a catastrophe or a cataclysm has kind of hamstrung us in like a how do you convince someone with altruistic motives, but bad practices yeah to allow the end of everything and, and yeah this was a and this was a hefty kind of idea anyway yeah i mean i we've never really gone into the idea of like well i guess a little bit with the last time loop but it's like people might just want to just die now yeah <laughs> you know like they're they're just sick of this yeah um, but but i would like to see uh this part kind of fleshed out more to make this more of of a story mm -hmm. um and less of like a bunch of people convincing one dude to like not do it 
once, which seems like they've yeah. probably tried that before. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think for the most part, like the majority of the beats are there. What we need to do is kind of like, uh, Dylan, we need to sit down with this, kind of like uh, refocus it and kind of break the parts apart and kind of reorganize a little bit. I need to do a part two in a future episode. Yeah, I think this is one of the few ones that we kind of hit that uh, we got a, not, not stuck per se, but it didn't flow as... as it's we, not really... Like a, it doesn't have as strong a direction as some of our ideas. And that happens yeah. sometimes when you're creating stuff where you just don't have necessarily the like point you need to really drive the story behind you. Yeah. That happens. This one would really it would really it really gets into at this point like the characters and their motivations and yeah. how they relate to each other. It's like this this kind of idea lives and dies by good characterization. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what needs to take some time, which would not make a very interesting show because we would need to sit down and kind of like think about this. Um, but Joe, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate thank it. You. Uh, you're one of the most creative people we know. You're one of the few people that we've met that has more than one show and they don't just talk to each other, which is super great. Uh, but yeah, man, push your stuff. Sell me anything. Uh, where can people <laughs> find you? This does go worldwide and not just uh, on just you know a little YouTube channel. So uh, pitch yourself. Yeah, it's uh, Word Salad Radio on hopefully any podcatcher you're using, but certainly Apple Podcasts and um, the other big one that I can't remember the name of because I never use it. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. Um, but Apple Podcasts are, you know, look for us. Spotify? Spotify. No, not Spotify. Stitcher? Uh, no, you're not. Stitcher. You're Stitcher, Stitcher, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're definitely on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, but if we're not on your app of choice. You can uh, let me know. I'm on Twitter at Word Salad Radio. Uh, we have a Facebook group, the Word Salad Radio Heads, um, where you can uh, you can watch our our live show with these two guys. <laughs> um, you know that's before this comes out, but yeah. they'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> unless you completely blow it. At, uh... Yeah, I know. I was unless... planning on it. <laughs> Unless you bring some nonsense time loop garbage. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, you also have a Patreon, so go check that out also. Uh, once again, Joe, thank you so much. For dashboard salad, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll check you out very soon. Thank you again. Uh, Dylan, thank you so much. I appreciate you as a friend and as a co-writer. Uh, you're well. an awesome guy, and thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, International Broadcast Media Television. They let us talk. They let us just do stuff. So thank yeah. you guys very much. Uh, thank you for all your support. Thank you for all the stuff you're doing. Thank you for this brick wall, which sometimes looks green. And uh, don't mention that. Uh, we also have a Patreon, just like Word Salad. You can always go to patreon.com backslash some nobodies. Check out all the stuff that we're doing. Become friends with us. Help us create movies. Help us create more content. If you know us, we have roughly what, 96 podcasts and a couple weird things going everywhere so uh go somewhere type in some nobodies check us out we appreciate you the people that do help us out though scott curtis from beyond the bits soundtrack uh <laughs> soundtrack that's cool um <laughs> beyond the bits podcast he is an award-winning interviewer if you don't know scott curtis check him out if you want to get interviewed by an actual yeah award-winning yeah, he's a professional, dude. He, he can ask some real questions. Check him out. Uh, Sarah Tkachuk on the East Coast. You have Listener app. If you're into podcasts, uh, you can probably find all of Joe's stuff on there. Uh, but you want to actually read it instead of hearing it. That's what Listener app does. Go to Instagram.com and check them out. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Who else? What else? Uh, I think that's it. Look for... That's um, 
look for CYOP appeal coming soon. If not, it, yeah. if it's not released by the time when this uh, video goes up. Yeah, when this drops out, yeah, definitely. It'll be out there. Uh, create your own pod venture. If you're into uh, a podcast that are fictionalized and but you don't just want to listen to them straightforward, you kind of want to choose your own path, this is the way to do it. Uh, create your own pod venture. You can check that oh. out. It, by the time this drops, it'll be out. Uh, check that out. It's very, very interesting. Very weird. Yes. Uh, but until next time, guys, thank you very much. We're some nobodies. I'm Zach. This has been Dylan on that side over there. And obviously, I guess it's Joe Catch him again. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. See you later.